Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Troy, I never would have guessed that the Royals have won five consecutive games at Wrigley Field. I, I'm very certain that's not what our founding fathers intended. <laughs> <laughs> Just crack an old style in the clubhouse and let's go. Yeah. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. It's us three here in the studio today. Phone number is 537-1350. A busy show, but we don't have any Big 12 previews today. We'll get back to those next week. But in hour number two, we are going to hear from K-State defensive coordinator, the Clandy Man. Joe Klanderman, get his thoughts in the preseason leading up to game number one with SEMO on September 2nd. How does he feel about the defense right now, especially at the old cornerback position? Mm-hmm. Van Malone. It was earlier this week that he said he had lost some sleep thinking about some sleepless nights, just thinking about trying to replace Echo Boydeau and Julius Brents, two corner positions up for grabs after a couple of years of just being locked down with those two at that position. Plus, number one song of the day and Ask Us Anything coming up in hour number two here in hour number one. We'll get to uh, our, my top story here in hour number one here in just a moment because it's the uh, it's the quote of the week and it is not from K-State football. It's from K-State basketball and their win earlier today. Let's, let's play a game here to lead off. So I was just kind of looking over some K-State numbers from last season talking about football here. And I had totally forgot that Malik Knowles Not only threw a pass, but he completed one pass last season. And uh, to back that up, here's here's a number for you, or a couple of numbers for you. One pass, and that was for 11 yards, and it left him with a QBR of 192. Whoa. 192. Look out, Pat Mahomes. So here's the question. I will give 20 bucks to anybody who can tell me in what game that pass was completed, and who was it to? Because, like I said earlier, I had totally forgotten that it had taken place. But as I looked further into that play, I was like, you know what? That was actually a pretty crucial play in this particular game. So if you can tell me, I'll I, I give you a couple of moments to think about it. If you can tell me that game, I'll give you 20 bucks. Whoa, dude. Uh, how do you have all this money, first of all? You did a hundred for uh, who wants to be a hundred there? Now you got twenty. Speaking of which, I've uh, I've been mowing lawns. Oh, on the summer, yeah. And speaking of which, the winner here 
would like his cash. <laughs> Coming up this winter, I'm going to scoop some snow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got to get good. ready for the Who Wants to Be a 100 air when we have, uh, what is it, 4 million podcasts. Yes. Uh, anybody got an idea? I I know exactly. Hold on, can, can I have one more second here? Um, also, have you ever have you ever said to Joe Klanderman, "Hey, I like to call you the Clandy Man on the show"? Yeah. Uh, so it was Kurtz that came up with that nickname. Oh, nice. Uh, and I, I think it was when he was hired as defensive coordinator. We had him on the show, and John was like, "Does anybody uh, call you the Clandy Man?" <laughs> He's, he's, like, like, he's like, yeah, I heard that before. And I, I've just stuck with it. I think it's a good nickname. It's I really a great do. Nickname. And then I was like, John, you know who uh, who sings the song? <laughs> <laughs> you did? Really? That's And he was like, no. No. Clueless. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I gave him the hint. I was like, Rat Pack. Rat Pack. That, he, no clue. Pop but, culture is not up John Kurtz's alley. But this is not Stomp on John Kurtz's hour. Uh, I'll give you the answer. Wait, wait, wait. Unless wait. you got an answer. I got, go ahead. I, go ahead. I have an answer. Do your Google. Do, do the Goog. I'm not Googling the actual. Um, I do know who. It was against Texas Tech. Okay. And it was Cade Warner was the recipient of that pass. Believe it or not, both of those answers, incorrect. Damn. But I appreciate the guess. Thank you. All right. Troy's messing around with the log, so I'll give you the answer. Uh, it was in the Iowa State game. Oh. And it was to Adrian Martinez. It was to Adrian Martinez. What an idiot. It put the Cats in field goal range. It did. Oh. They actually, I mean, it put them in field goal range, but they later on would get a lot closer. And yeah. Chris Tennant would kick a 30-yarder to put the Cats up 10-9 to nine and put them ahead for good <sighs> in that game. How did I forget that? But that was on a first and 10 play at the Iowa State 42. Ooh. A gain of 11 yards. Shout out to Malik Knowles. You just don't see that too often anymore. The wide receiver throwing a pass. I remember, well, Jordy Nelson, he played quarterback mm-hmm. in high school, would throw a ball here and there. Yeah. Actually, I think he didn't he not complete a pass. Am I correct? I think he completed a touchdown in the uh, Auburn game in 07. Ooh, that's a, now there's a question. Damn, that's worth 20 bucks. Uh, maybe it was somebody else. I don't I think it was Jordy. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's Jordy. Jordy, if that was you, go ahead and call the show. We'll, uh, we'll get that confirmed here. Uh, did I welcome us yet? Welcome to the game if I haven't yet. Uh, all right, let's get to the leadoff here. K-State basketball finished up their overseas play. Earlier this morning, I'm, I'm sorry, Coach Ting, I was not going to get up at 4 a.m. <laughs> uh, to watch this. Uh, Troy, did you catch? I know you get up that early. Did you catch any of it? No, because there oh, was there no streaming. That's right. There wasn't a live stream. It was just um, stats. Just stats. But uh, Cats defeated the United uh, Arab Emirates. Emirates, uh-huh. I'm saying that right? All right. Uh, 112 to 72. It was an offensive non-slot, a real clinic put on by K-State today in Abu Dhabi. So a lot of points. Huge victory. I'll let, before I get to the numbers here, I'll let Coach Tang just kind of give you uh, thoughts on the game and his players. Tyler's the best shooter in America. I mean, uh, and he's going he's gonna to shoot at a high clip all season long. Uh, he makes big shots. And, you know, um, the, the great thing for us is that uh, he's very efficient in doing it. And so we're excited uh, about what he did. And Quan had, I thought Quan really exploded, had a great game, thought Arthur's defense and, you know, made, made some, some really good shots. And so the whole team, Cam Carter got going and 
it was just a real great team effort and excited to you know get back to Manhattan and add David and Quest to this and uh, just uh, really looking forward to what we can become. Tyler is the best shooter in America. Thanks, Tane. You just wanted to repeat himself real quick. I'll get to that quote here in just a second at the beginning of that quote there because I thought it was the quote of the week. Uh, first of all, Quez Glover is officially signed. He is a member of the team. He takes up scholarship, uh, scholarship number 12, so there's one remaining for this upcoming season. So good news there. I lo- I'm, I'm a fan. Quez Glover, I think that's a hell of an addition. Um, but let's go back to the beginning of that clip here. Tyler is the best shooter in America. Ooh. Tyler Perry is the best shooter in in American guys, we're just in August. Mm-hmm, we're just right. in August, and he's already the best shooter in America. Love it uh, because what he do today? He was just shooting lights out. I mean, put on a clinic from three point range, finished with thirty three points, and that was in eighteen minutes. Damn, he was not a starter today. I like that Coach Tang mixing up the lineups, throwing a bunch of guys in there in the lineup, just really mixing things up. It's August. It's exhibitions. Get experimental. You're in the lab. <laughs> Try some things out. The Different concoctions. For sure. Uh, they, they do a lot of uh, science over there in the Middle East, don't they? <laughs> yeah, too. Um, Especially he, in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> but he was 9 of 11 from 3. That is just crazy. an incredible clip. That's what he does. He shoots the 3, and he can shoot. I mean, lines out. I mean, at North Texas, back-to-back years, he's over 41% from three-point range, well above average, just an incredible clip. But he showed some consistency, I thought, while overseas, 17 points in game one, hit four threes, and it got better, actually. But he was always around. He, I mean, he just got better and better, really, as I should put it, as he as he continued the overseas trip. Game two against Mexico, 18 points, five of 10 from three-point range. He didn't take his first two-point field goal attempt until game three, and that's where he finished in game three for 33 points, 12 of 15 from the floor, and nine of 11 from three-point range. So... You do the math there from two, he was three of four hmm. from from two point land. So add up the averages, hit the division sign, divide it up. 22.7 points per game in 26 minutes of contests. And he finished up from three point range 54 and a half percent, 18 of 33. Yeah. Now, I mean, 33 points a game, hitting nine triples. That is going to be, you know that's going to be a premium game for Tyler Perry. I mean, for anybody in college basketball, that that would just be a lights-out game. He's not going to be Michael Beasley and scoring in the 30s all the time. But last year, he could prove he could score in the 20s all the time. In his two years at, at North Texas, he had 18 games of 20 or more points, and 13 of them were last year. So it was a little over a third of the season. He was scoring in the 20s. And... That's where like the elite, that's where the best shooter in America comes into play. I mean, how elite will Tyler Perry be? If this is August and he's not really fully used to the offense, especially the pace of the offense, I, I don't think he's there yet when it comes to the pace of the offense. But what this offense is going to do for him, they're going to help him out. Mm-hmm. And what did Coach Tang do with Marquise Noel? Just let him do his thing. Go out there and just do your thing. What you feel like you're most comfortable with, just go out there and do it. That's what Tyler Perry is going to do. <laughs> and they're going to find ways to get him the ball so he can do what he wants to do. It, he's not going to be the assist machine like Marquise Noel. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Defensively, probably not. 
but he'll probably take a bigger step than what Marquise did when it came to scoring the basketball. Um, so will he be one of the best scorers in the Big 12? I certainly think so. I, I really do. But once he gets to we get into the fall months, more practice in Manhattan, you get to the early games because, I mean, heck, you, you hope as a team, K-State will just be right out of the gate a better three-point shooting team. Out of the gate last year, they were not a great three-point shooting team. But Tyler Perry is going to be probably your highest scoring player this season. I, I, I would bet a lot of money that he is your leading scorer this year, and we're just getting a taste of it in August. I, I don't want to put you know the cart in front of the horse, really, but you, you can't help but be very feeling very fortunate and exciting that – Tyler is putting up these insane numbers. We're just playing exhibition games, and he hasn't, you know, been with the team that long. While you're talking about the effort that he gave and the outcome, I'm impressed with what the young guys did on this trip. I, so you're talking about the freshmen? Yes. Go, go ahead before I comment. Go well, ahead. I just, you know, day-day today performed well. Colbert uh, finished with a double-double. You know, young guys actually stepped into roles through the course of these few games and put together some numbers, I think, that will uh, catch your attention as well. Yeah, on the numbers side, I think you could look at all all three, you know, Day-Day Ames, R.J. Jones, um, Rich. Looking at those three guys, you you could find a good game from them somewhere. I I didn't get to watch enough of them, like, with my own eyes on the streams. Sure. Because I think with with those kind of young players just jumping into the system – you can't. Ju- I, I don't think you can just go fully off the numbers. I got to watch them in person, like really watch how they play to really get the full breakdown. But like I said yesterday, I felt like they were, from what I saw, they were ahead of schedule. And I, I'll say it again. I felt like getting this overseas trip, which you get every three or four years or whatever, having that now, I mean, we're, I think we'll look back at it and say, I think we were very fortunate to get that trip. Because this team that's just such a, healthy mix it's a healthy mix of returning veterans returners that didn't play last year newcomers is in freshmen newcomers is in transfer portal and now you're asking them all to gel but you get a early early head start you get a real head start on this now uh some more takeaways from this cam carter did get going today and that was really nice to see just based off the numbers here did not see it play but he was very efficient from the floor and I think that's what we needed to see today. We needed Cam Carter to take the next step, just sh- shooting a good percentage. And he was 17, or I'm sorry, he was 7 of 14 from the field today. He scored 20 points. And so he's had, you know, three double-digit scoring days. He had a double-double earlier, and I believe it was in game number one. And he also, and this, this was a takeaway for me as well, Cam Carter is attacking the boards. He averaged three rebounds last season. He averaged over six and a half uh, in this trip overseas. I love that out of Cam Carter. I love when a guard attacks the boards. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you want about the last couple of years for, for Bruce Weber, but Mark Smith was the best rebounder that season in the Big 12, and he would attack the boards. He was the smartest, the smallest guy to ever lead the Big 12 in rebounding, and I just... I drool mm-hmm. over that kind of play. Uh, Arthur Kaluma had up and down, but he was more up than down when it comes to his trip overseas. 15 points, eight rebounds today. Um, he finished 
37.5% from three. I did like that number. Averaged about six rebounds a game and 14 points. And as uh, you heard in that clip, I thought he did a great job on the defensive side of the floor. Um, so after that, and of course, Naquan Tomlin, I mean, jumping out the gym. <laughs> Good Lord, is that kid just so athletic. Um, so I, now I want to transition into the team. My takeaways just as a team, them working together, I have three takeaways based off numbers here. Uh, number one is rebounding. K-State on the offensive boards had 11, 13, and 23 in the three games over there, and we're averaging almost 23 second-chance points a game. I will take that every day. Not done there. Their offensive boards tallied up to 47. They out-rebounded on the offensive glass their opponents by combined 47 to 20. So it's, what, a little over 15 and a half a game they were getting offensive boards. And they also averaged 45 rebounds a game. Wow. That's a huge number. That's a big one. That is a big number. 53 today. Wow. 53 rebounds today. <laughs> yes, the number's a bit inflated with today's performance, but that's today's performance. They, they saved their best for last today, scoring over 110 points. Uh, another thought here, go to the defensive side of the hoop, or the ball, the court, whatever. Uh Again, I didn't get to watch everything that took place, but I love that they had 10 steals a game. 10 steals a game is another off-the-charts number. That actually, if, if I were to go back and look at the Big 12 numbers, I would bet that led the, the, the Big 12. That would have led the Big 12 close to the nation mm-hmm. if you're averaging 10 steals a game. Jeez. So I love that active part of the game. And then I want to go back to the three-point shooting. Go, go ahead, Trevor. I, just was, gonna note, I, I was just going to note 10 steals, but also just nine turnovers. Mm. Had more steals than what we coughed it up the, even. Yeah, nine turnovers today. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think the average turnovers over there were about 11 or 12, which I would say if you're Coach Tang, you'll like, you, you work with that. You'll definitely work with that. Um, and then the three-point shooting. It wasn't off the charts, but again – when you're on the ground floor developing this team, and maybe not necessarily on ground floor, but when it comes to actually playing against teams and you get these exhibitions, you'll definitely work with this, especially with the real slow start from three last year. Uh, they were shooting a lot of threes, a ton. Uh, they averaged 34 and a half threes per game. That is a gigantic number. <laughs> when you're taking a lot of those kind of shots, I mean, you have your fingers crossed, you're at least average, and they were average, making 12 a game. That's 34.5%. That's actually on pace for the K-State team last year. So, I mean, if you remember last year's team and the way they shot the three, I mean, they're right now matching what that team did last year with their exhibition play. So, again, there's a lot of numbers that I was pretty happy with. Some things obviously got to be worked on. I mean, it's all over the floor. There's a lot to be worked on. Nothing is even close to perfect. But everything I just rattled off there, I mean, there's so many things you're, you're off and running right now. So many things are off and running to work on, to build off of. Tyler Perry, though, is leading the pack right now. I was so impressed with Tyler Perry and just his ability with the deep ball, shooting the three. That's probably right now what's leading the way of what you're excited about of K-State basketball heading into this upcoming season. All right, we'll take a break. We'll take just the one of the hour. And when we come back, it is the return of the healthy Matt Lack. We'll hear from Nate when we come back. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, it's almost the return of the Mac. Instead, for us, it's the return of the healthy Matlack. Welcome back to the game, Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and David G. It's the return of Nate Matlack as a healthy defensive end who can be a very disruptive pass rusher in 2023. He was just getting started in 21 with four sacks, and then he gets out there for this for the uh, South Dakota game. Ankle injury. He misses a month, and he just wasn't the same. Finishing with just seven tackles and two sacks. But he is back, healthy, ready to go, and he spoke to the media earlier today at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It's good. Uh, I feel a lot more explosive and I feel like I've been able to make a lot more plays. My get-off has felt way better. Just I'm not hobbling around constantly with my ankle being in a massive brace with a bunch of tape on it. So it feels good to be free and play for play fast. How long did it take to heal up? Uh, it took a long time. I mean, it was a mixture of two injuries, and one kind of came after the other. So it was just kind of basically all last season. And then once I got surgery, it was a quick process after that. How fast are you feeling right now, mate? I'm feeling probably as fast as I have been I've, since I've been here, and I've gained more weight since that. So it's credit to our strength staff and everyone around them. Yeah, it was pretty frustrating just knowing that I, I couldn't make the plays that I wanted to make and I couldn't do certain moves that I wanted to do just because I didn't have the ability to, and the, the mobility in my body. So um, it definitely feels good to get back to that place, and, and I can see it just through making a lot more plays during practice and Hoping to make a lot more during the fall. Rotation type of defensive end right now. Uh, it's kind of a mixture of guys. I mean, right now it's me, Khalid, Mott, um, Cody Stuffelbean, Chidi Obiizer. He's been stepping in. Um, Donovan Ryman too, and then kind of our younger guys. They're still coming up. Jordan Allen and Ryan Davis, and then Andrew Smelsley. They're all down there. Jace is filling in too. So it's kind of a mixture of all the guys, I'd say, but. The first five, really, is kind of what we got right now. Most about yourself during this process? I don't know. I'd say it's just coming back from that injury has been. It's. It was a lot of. I faced a lot of adversity during that, and just not like I was saying, not being able to make a lot of plays that I knew I could make was super frustrating. Getting over that um, was a big, big accomplishment for me. So. Um, now being back on the field, and it's it's just a really good feeling knowing that I overcame that adversity. And um, yeah. A 
big difference. I mean, I remember last year talking to Coach Klanerman and him just being like, this guy could be even better than Eli Huggins if he just uh, goes where they think he'll go. And, I mean, he's been there. He's He lost weight, I know, which he needed to do. I mean, he was – this whole camp he's just been making plays. Um, so, I mean, I'm really excited for him, and I think he's going to step in and make tons of plays and be even – as good as Eli or even better at some point. So I think it's a really good replacement. What's going to run through your head when you guys run onto the field for the first time? Probably just a ton of excitement, honestly. I mean, just getting back on the field, it's been a long offseason, a long camp. I mean, it's always a great feeling when you run out that first time to get out on the field again and see all the fans. I mean, we got the best fans in the country running out and seeing the whole stadium packed for just our first game of the season. It's the best feeling. Once again, that's Matt Lag, defensive end for the Cats. Last year was supposed to be the breakout season for Nate. He was my pick to be the defensive breakout player in 2022. Now it feels like he's the time. But it's just like the question, like, where does the sack distribution, how's it going to shift with no longer Felix and DK Uzama? Does Khalid Duke, which, by the way, everybody still calls him Khalid, it's Khalid, um... How many sacks does he get in 2023? Where would you set the over-under? Where does Nate fall into the rotation? Where does, ben, or, uh, where does uh, Brennan Mott fill in the rotation? By the way, there's some freshmen that might be playing some significant time as well. Joe Klanderman, your local news, next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is hour to the game, the game after work with Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G. Thunderverse 537-1350. Going to hear from uh, the defensive coordinator of the Cats, Joe Klanderman, here in just a few moments to get his thoughts on the K-State D heading into the 2023 season. That is 15 days from now. First game, September 2nd at the Bills, 6 o'clock kickoff between Kansas State and Southeast Missouri. A couple of things before we get to uh, the Clandy man. Troy sent me this clip. Actually, it was right before the show, and it was about Chief Saholic. Yesterday, we said he's been uh, by a federal grand jury indicted on 19 charges, four of them bank robbery related and was laundering. To, and, was to be in court today. Arraignment was today. So in front of the judge. Whew. Things so, getting real for him real quick. Uh, the, uh, the, the lawyer, <laughs> Merriman is his last name, spoke to the media Troy sent it to me, so here we go. Let's see how good this is. This is not Chiefs Aholic's last drive. <laughs> okay. Damn. Stop right there. Why? You got me. Why? Stop right there. We have found Saul Goodman. <laughs> I'm going to hire this guy. This guy knows what he's doing. Fire up old Sparky back here. <laughs> This guy, his law firm is definitely in a strip mall oh. next to a payday loan. 
Yes, right. but at least he doesn't have long hair and doing ads with animals. That's true. That is that. Wow. I, it would only make him better. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The, the animal part is just weird. That that's that throws me off. I don't know. I, I mean, are you a real lawyer if you don't have a commercial saying, "Hey, you're due a settlement if you fall off your own roof"? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this guy looks like Ned Ryerson. Oh no. Oh no! Like, does he sell home insurance on the Phil? side? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Ned! Bam! That is so funny when he hits him. By the way, uh, Troy, some breaking news: Kid Rock was um, was at a yes. concert yes. yesterday, <laughs> and yes. he was caught drinking a Bud Light. Yep, saw that. <laughs> Oof! What yep. what happens now? Does he have to trade? Does he have like a card that he turns back in to someone? Or it might he- be. Does he? Does he have to? He needs to get this lawyer. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he, he didn't. Uh, he 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 missed one when he shot up all those cases of Bud Light. Well, might, might as well, well drink it. <laughs> all right, let's get to uh, let's get to the Clandy man, Joe Clanderman. Man, tell you what, this guy's pretty jacked. He's ready for the season. <laughs> uh, and boy, did I screw up earlier because got the update on the email or the update uh, the email update about the change of time and i misread the email and i thought it was still at the normal time totally was late and totally missed this that's my bad but uh right out of the gate joe Klanman asks what impresses him the most about this defense during the fall practice i'm really impressed with our freshman class there's a lot of things uh, that i could ways i can answer that question i'm really impressed with our true freshman class i'm just going to say it's probably if not the it's one of the most special uh, groups of young men that we've ever recruited on, on one side of the ball here um I, I think to a man i think all those guys are going to be significant players for us here in the future some of them probably sooner rather than later that led into another cl- question about the freshmen are we going to see these guys on the field? Clanny Man says, well, probably going to need them out in the field. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of uh, uh, true freshmen play for us this year, kind of the way we're trending right now. It's an interesting mix that we have on defense because we've got some really good veteran leadership, some guys that have played a lot of football, and then a lot of new guys. You know, Some of them first year in the program, some of them second year in the program, some of them maybe even third year in the program just haven't been on the field much. And we're going to need those guys if we're going to be really, really good. So I love hearing that, that he's impressed with the freshman class because, I mean, this is supposed to be the best recruiting class maybe of all time. I, certainly when it comes to recruiting the state of Kansas, you Crazy. got, what, like six or eight of the top 15 guys. And, of course, if you go around the country, especially around just the, the, the immediate area, you know, it's, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but trying to broaden my horizons a little bit with my vocabulary. Uh, but... It's an impressive class to say the least. I mean, especially with the defense and the young guys. I, there's a number of them. When it comes to freshmen that got their names thrown out either this week or last week, I mean, I'll start with Chidi Obi Izor because he is one of my. We're talking about guys that haven't played it down yet, mm-hmm. and I'm just basing this off of you know what I remember reading about him when the recruiting class was brought in, like on signing day. Chidi Obi Izor is a defensive lineman. I, I just, I mean, he's one of the best players out of the state of Minnesota. I just love him for his size. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you just watch his tape, he's impressive. The size of, you know, playing defensive end at six six is really exciting. I bet he's strong. Just is the athleticism there to back it up? It seems like there is. Austin Romaine is another name I've heard multiple times thrown out there to play potentially some linebacker. That's a, that's an interesting position, linebacker, because Joe Klanderman said it. 
they, they've got a real healthy mix of veterans, returning starters, new guys, transfers. The starting lineup for the, for the linebackers is done, mm-hmm. ready to go. We know it's going to be. At Sam, you got Desmond Purnell. At Mike, you have Daniel Green, who's returning for his eighth year at K-State. One of the few returning guys that were recruited by Snyder <laughs> and played for Snyder. Um, and then you have Austin Moore, but and man, what a breakout year he had last year. Behind those guys, the battle's continuing. And who's going to earn those spots? We've heard a lot about Jake Clifton, and Jake had some impressive downs last year. I, I always go back to the Big 12 championship game where he made two consecutive plays in a row that led TCU to punting the ball away. But you have transfers, you have freshmen, you have a mix of guys with no experience. And they're going to, I think, a, a strong mix of them. You know, Asa Newsom is another one. Austin Romaine. Those are co- uh, Terry Kirksey, who's a, a, a junior transfer. I mean, they're all going to get, I think, their opportunities to maybe earn more time. But I think it's just one of those things that you just kind of have to earn it on the field. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll get the opportunity based on your practice. But based on how you play is going to earn you, of course, more opportunity if you can prove to be uh, worthy of those opportunities. Um, and I, okay, shout out to Asa Newsome. He was one of the best. I mean, he was the 10th best linebacker in the class of 2023. I mean, he's no doubt about it, a hashtag my boy candidate to replace Deuce Vaughn. And then if you go into the secondary, Kenigel Thomas, I think I've heard his name maybe more than anybody else uh, to potentially be in that rotation at corner, fifth best player of Oklahoma. Uh, Jack Fabris was a bit of a surprise hearing his name last week. So he's a, I mean, he's a true freshman, plays safety. His dad is John Fabris, who coached defensive backs at K-State a couple of times. Mm. I mean, his most notable run, obviously, was 97-98. I mean, two pretty big, big deal teams. If you look at, back at K-State's history. And then you have Wesley Fair, who was one of the best players at the state of Kansas, um, those are all the, as far as my count goes, I believe those are all the names when it comes to freshmen that got shout outs on the defensive side of the football. Any of those guys, yeah, you could see in the mix as far as the two deep goes. Second string is a possibility for these guys. Meanwhile, moving on, corners. Van Malone said it earlier this week, it was Tuesday, that he had sleepless nights. <laughs> Just thinking about replacing his two guys, his two starters. Echo Boydo, who we've heard Mitch Holtis say on this very show, is kicking some serious butt at Chiefs training camp. Awesome. And, you know, best case scenario looks like if he could potentially earn a spot on the practice squad for where he was as an undrafted free agent. That is a ginormous opportunity for Echo because his opportunity could be coming at any time. And this Julius Brintz gets drafted by his hometown team, the Indianapolis Colts. And I'll be honest with you, I have not heard anything about him. That's probably on me. I haven't really searched for it. Mm -hmm. Just haven't heard anything, but not a big deal. But Joe Klanerman said he's not worried about having to replace those two. Felt bad about it in January, uh, but the more we saw those guys work, uh, and when I say those guys, I'm I'm talking about uh, Jacob Parrish, 
Will Lee coming in here uh, as a transfer. Keenan Garber, you know, a guy that just played in the Sugar Bowl and in the Big 12 Championship at corner out of a, a miracle. He's really evolved in the position. Justice James has come out of out of a place where he didn't really know what, what we were doing last year to a place where he's going to be a solid contributor. Uh, we brought in a transfer, Tyler Nalome, um, who's um, will factor into this. A couple true freshmen that are pretty special that position too, so I don't worry about it at all. Okay, so we had a bunch of names shouted out there. You know, Jacob Parrish, Will Lee, Keenan Garber. Those are two. Uh, those are three, rather three very different stories. Because uh, Jacob Parrish getting time as a true freshman last year, uh, he, he, you know, it's a good chance he earns a starting spot. Just with the secondary, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. Other than Kobe Savage, you just don't know until they roll out there. But you can maybe assume starters right now, but you just don't know. Will Lee, I, I expect to start. He's one of my. When if I put together a top ten list, he is definitely in the top three of guys I'm most excited to see play. Uh, I think he would definitely be a starter. Keenan Garber, I think it, we all know the story by now. Thirty six hours before the the freaking Big Twelve Championship game, he switches positions from wide receiver to to corner and plays a lights out performance <laughs> yeah. when Echo gets hurt. So. You, you have a bit of a rotation already set up, and then a couple of guys that got the shot out there that could jump into the rotation. Justice James, we'll see. He's a, he's a Tyler uh, Juco uh, Junior College transfer. Tyler, he said Nalome, and I used to say Nalomi. I went to the pronunciation guide. I was a bit surprised. It's Tyler Nellum. Nellum is spelled N-E-L-O-M-E. Mm. Nalome, Nalomi. I, I would have guessed those two before Nellum. Yeah, that's like a whopper. There's 64,000 different versions of that name you could give up. But he is a he's a uh, Southeast Missouri transfer. So, and I'm no, not oh I'm boy. not surprised to see him uh, in the rotation when he came over the transfer portal. I was a big um, big fan of that addition. But now we actually have a glimpse of what the um, the breakdown past the Parish Lee Garber where they're looking at to uh, be in the rotation at corner. Uh, and then I'll uh, I'll wrap it up here uh, because I, I was happy to hear this because Joe Klanderman ended up talking about when it comes to defensive recruiting and we're going to see the impact and I've seen the impact the last year or two of this type of player on who they are now recruiting on the defensive side of the football. I think one of our emphasis in recruiting has been recruiting good tacklers across the board. If you're a corner, if you're a safety, if you're a field safety, you know you got to be able to you got to be able to get people on the ground and. Um, you can't hide because uh, offenses are too good. They're gonna they're gonna find your weak link if you have one. So we've worked really hard to extract uh, extract that. This is specifically for like defensive backs, and one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to watching guys tackle. And you hmm. tell me, Deej, as a former college football player <laughs> on the offensive side of the football, yeah. When a defensive back or I mean, anybody on defense. Misses a tackle they, they should easily make, but it was probably because of bad tackling. It's just bad form mm-hmm. and being sloppy with their tackling, not being as aggressive. What does that feel like when you watch that play out and you're an offensive player? Like, Do you get angry when you see that happen? Like when someone, especially, so if it happens on the edge, like a cornerback, you're expecting a big play. You know, you're like, oh, here we go. You well, know? it's like, let me give you the example here. I'm not going to give you a specific player because there's many players in the past for K-State that could fit this description. 
on when they have an opportunity for a one-on-one tackle and maybe the guy's stumbling a little bit, instead of just grabbing them, wrapping up, oh, and pulling them to the ground, they just try to pop them with their shoulder. Yeah. The guy bounces off and gets five or ten more yards. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so frustrating because it's like the only time the shoulder pop really happens is a blindside kind of hit. You know, like that's when you can like really wah! But like wrap up, take them down, get the get the tackle, get the stat, and let's move on. You see a guy try to do that like Ray Lewis thing, and you're like, you're not Ray Lewis. Don't do that. You're a cornerback. There was a run from like, gosh, it felt like 2016 through 2020, like five years. This yeah, everybody was trying to tackle that way, and it yeah. was like it just drove me just freaking nuts. But I mean. It, and again, this is kind of an assumption on who the starters will be. Kobe Savage, obviously. There's no doubt about it, he's starting. Marquis Siegel, and, and I, I think no doubt VJ Payne will be a starter. He already has starting experience yeah. for K-State. They will be your starters at, 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 at safety. And all three of them will go pop somebody. Yeah, They'll go pop somebody. They're not afraid to go run downhill and meet somebody at the line of scrimmage. You know, outside the tackles or whatever, like a Kobe Savage would do. Yeah, Kobe Savage has no problem uh, when he puts a shoulder into somebody, they go down. They they don't pop. They don't pop off him. He hits. How about a safety duo with the last names Payne and Savage, dude? Oh yeah, <laughs> that is the you coolest thing I've ever heard. And I, you know, I I hope that Siegel is <laughs> you know a Latin word for <laughs> barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because that would be the most incredible name trio ever, dude. Uh, but Pain and Pain and Savage, yes, I, I I didn't even thought about that, but that is that that is great. Pain and Savage, Siegel should just change his name to Barbarian. Like, go ahead, do it, man. We gotta have it, Marquise Barbarian. Ooh, I like it, man. I like that. Well, if if I if I could just name him the way I wanted to, it would be Kobe the Barbarian. And then I would give Marquise the Savage last name. Ooh. And then VJ Payne, I, I think, works. Yeah, that works. That works. That, yeah, let's talk to him. Let's say, hey. You guys cool with just, <laughs> like, legally changing your names? You want to change your whole entire life for this? Like, take your license, go to the, go to the uh, wherever, the, the, the courthouse, and just change your name and light so, it on fire. So I... I changed my last name. That's a reference, by the way, to the Dirt movie. Oh, with yeah. Six, when yeah. he changed his name legally. I had to do that. Um, we went back to my mom's maiden name. And um, you wouldn't believe the process that it takes in the state of Kansas to change your name. You have to put a little art. Uh, you have to put a classified ad in the paper for 30 days that says you're changing That's your name. That's weird. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Because when in the movie, it made it seem like it was the easiest thing in the world. But it's yeah. also like it's Los Angeles. Yeah. And everybody wants to be a star or a performer or whatever. Like, there are probably hundreds of people changing their names every day. So it's like, let's just get these people <laughs> yeah. in and out. It let's, probably was a big let's deal. Take their money and go. It was a big deal back in the day. And then right at like 1860, they were like, dude, we got to we gotta change this, man. Just make it whatever, dude. Go ahead. All right. So I'm going to do a Google search if Seagull means anything cool <laughs> in, a, in another language. Yeah. And we'll be back with uh, more of the show next.
Oh, gosh, that was the end of the... S- <laughs> I was just grooving to it, man. I was- <laughs> I'm sitting here waving my hands, <laughs> trying to get your attention. That was awesome. Yeah, we need to make that one a little longer. You know, let that one uh, yeah, you go seven minutes. Because that is a seven-minute song, right? Or an 11 Oh, yeah, it's, it's long. It might even be 11 minutes. I don't know. Uh, welcome back to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and David G. Uh, somebody, this is a funny comment. Um, so on that video that you sent me, Troy, yes, of the Chiefsaholic lawyer, yes, uh, we didn't actually we didn't even play the full clip. We were just too hung up on the first three seconds. It's the best. He's basically saying yeah, it's not his last drive, which is a hilarious line. Although Chiefsaholic is looking at like fifty years in prison. <laughs> um, but at, he, he's a defense attorney, right? So he's like, you know, my guy didn't do it, and Ugh, all this, yeah. and we're going to prove it in court. Whatever, I'm, I would assume. Somebody pointed out here, he looks like a young Bill Snyder. Whoa. And I was like, you know what? He does. He does. <laughs> That's a trip. This has the potential to be the greatest uh, turnaround in bank robbing oh, history. I mean, wow. fake bank robbing history. Oh, it wasn't my guy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. So we're now, you know, two weeks through the fall practices, fall press conferences. And we're 15 days away. I wanted to use this time to just catch up and get your guys' reaction to what we've heard the last couple of weeks. I want to know where you're at right now on this K-State football team. Do you feel better? Do you feel unchanged? And when I say better, do you, I mean, it's like certain positions. I'm sure everybody's like, you know, what's the ceiling? 12-0. and 0. What's the floor? 8-4, and 7-5, and 5, whatever. Like you're fully expecting, at the very least, a decent bowl game. But it's like, you know, there's just obviously a ton of talent back that this team could easily run it back. And off and on can be a manageable schedule, and sometimes it's going to get really tough. I mean, K-State got a lot of everything. Uh, I've seen the rankings of, like, K-State might have, like, a top 10 toughest schedule in the nation. I don't think I would take it that far. But it, it's it's not necessarily easy, for sure. So. When you when you have Troy as a non-con game, that that tends to turn that schedule a little bit higher than what maybe we want to consider it as. Well, it's going to be a Troy team that's going to be, you know, different. Let's yes. just put it that way. It's going to have definitely a different look yes. than last year's Sunbelt champ. But like a road trip to Missouri. I just want to know, what's your general feeling right now on K-State? So, first of all, that road trip to Missouri, I'm not even... I, I'm, I'm not sweating it either. No, I can't. I, it's Maybe we will be proven completely wrong and they'll trounce us and I'll say yep once again Vegas had it right but I don't think so I think it's the other way I think it's that uh, I think that they want people betting on Missouri I, I just that blows my mind they're they're not any good um I kind of like besides the back-to-back at Oklahoma State at Texas Tech that's kind of a, a rough stretch I like how the schedule played out for K-State. I think the toughest one right now uh, at Texas. For sure. So that is that – that little stretch, though, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech back-to-back, <clears throat> that's rough. But this team, I, I don't know, with – you've got the defensive backfield and the wide receiver situation shaping up to be a lot of young guys playing. I guess my thought is – is there a position on the field where you feel comfortable with a lot of young guys playing? I mean, wide receiver. I mean, wouldn't wide receiver be one of them where you're like, 
eh, if you got to do it, you got to do it. I think it's more concerning that the defensive backfield's so young. Like they they are so so young. Um, I don't know. This one is tough for me. I think I think the I think it could go. I think it could go. It could go wonky on K State this year. I really do. I, I hate to say that because I love the Cats, man. I really do. Um, well, especially when the expectation – it's an expectation now. It really is. Big 12 championship. On K-State to absolutely compete for a Big 12 title. Yes, yes. I mean, anything short other than probably like if you were just on the outside, just barely missing the Big 12 championship game, I think outside of that you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is on the shoulders of Will Howard being the returning quarterback and being a, a proven to be a much better – Improved returning quarterback. He looked great last year. He really did. Returning is a very key word there. Yeah. So experienced. I mean, there's not a lot of places around this country in college football you're going to find an experienced quarterback like Will Howard. Right. And that's a key for us, you know, um, because he's going to be able to guide these young guys along and show them the ropes right. and tell them where to go. And that's that's a great thing. That uh, I'm looking forward to this season. I don't know if I'm ready just yet to give you my prediction as far as record goes, but this could be a special season. It really could. I'm I'm still of the mind that this team has got to get past one big thing that has seemed to haunt K-State's program for a long time. That one game where they stubbed their toe that they shouldn't have stubbed it. Last year, it felt like it was the Tulane game. Felt like it was the Tulane game. Now, Tulane came back and played exceptionally well. You could almost say it was the TCU game. But again, all credit to TCU in that contest. But it seems like every time that there is especially a season like what fans are expecting this year, as DG put it, it goes wonky Mm -hmm. somewhere along the line. And you know, we almost wear it as a as a badge <laughs> yeah. that we've that we know that pain all too well for crying out loud. I want to see this team break through that and see where we go. Mm, I, like I mean, it. let's look back. I mean, the 2019 season, I'm trying to remember who was in the non-con if there was a stowe tubbing game. Okay, so it was the road trip to Mississippi State. It had Bowling Green, so K State beats the um, beats the Group of Five team. They knock off the road or on the road. They beat off. Uh, they beat it an SEC team, excuse me. Uh, but also went on the road and lost games. I felt like for the most part they were probably the underdogs in, other than the West Virginia game. They stubbed their toe in that West Virginia game that I thought was going to be a a blowout victory. You lose the home opener against Arkansas State in twenty 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 one. I don't know if there's a real toe stubber. No, I don't know. I don't think there really was. But we're also talking about what kind of expectation was really there for 2021. I mean, you would you definitely want the Texas game back where they lost 22-17. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, and then last year, yes, you're right, the Tulane game, that turned out to be a really, really good Tulane team. And then the other games they lost i mean it it wasn't anything to you know hang your heads about but i hear you about like the group of five losses you know those have stung but they've 
They typically bounce out of those. I mean, the next week after losing to Arkansas State, you go on the road and beat Oklahoma. I, I do have, I guess, a couple of worries still, and it's just not going to change until I see it prove itself on the field. I doubt we're going to see much depth um, at wide receiver uh, because the names that are getting shot out like Ty Bowman and, and Seth Porter, and no offense to those guys, but they've been special teams guys all their career. Seth Porter has been at K-State since 2019. He has two career catches. I mean, I'm not ready to jump on any sort of bandwagon that I'm going to see them in a rotation of any sorts at wide receiver. But I do feel that K-State has a a very strong core. And again, I think R.J. Garcia, he's on a a Curry-Sexton trajectory right now with his career. And hopefully his junior year is going to be like Curry's junior year where he had four or five hundred yards and was very uh, helpful and profitable at the at the wide receiver position. Keegan Johnson, I think, is going to be incredible. Yeah, Keegan is going to jump Phillip Brooks, and maybe it's like you know Phillip Brooks was maybe ready to be the guy. You know, Keegan Johnson's going to take that role that Malik Knowles at wide receiver had the last f- uh, few years, um, and then you hope RJ RJ Garcia works out, and Phillip Brooks is going to be your other guy at corner. I'm also like. You know, I, I gotta wait. I gotta see it to believe it. You're replacing two potential NFL guys with guys that, and they're young them. and inexperienced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really are. I, not to take away their athleticism and how talented they can be, but it just has to develop. Yeah, and it's a, it's a mix of guys, mix of transfers, mix of young guys. It could be any two guys out there, and it could be a mix of four or six that could potentially see the field in game one in meaningful snaps. You know, a lot of times. <clears throat> you can overcome inexperience if a if a if a defense if an offense if a, a position group can play as a commu- they can communicate and play as a team you can beat a lot of that stuff but there are times in a game where it's one on one against uh, the other guy and you got to beat the other guy and with inexperience it comes some growing pains and it's not like the Big 12 doesn't have a lot of super talented wide receivers. So the defensive backfield, as athletic as they are and as good as they are and how they will play great, sound, fundamental football, there will be some times where they just – they might be across from an older guy, you know, an upperclassman who just got some moves they haven't seen yet and has the knowledge to, be, to beat them one-on-one at some point. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. As long as they stick together, I think we'll be fine. But there will be that that separation you'll see. Sometimes older guys they just know the tricks of the trade because it happened to them when they were young, you know. But at the end of the day, you're, 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 this team is more full of studs than they are guys that need to prove themselves defensively. The line studs, linebacker studs, defensive backs, one stud and a lot to prove. Yeah. On the offensive side of the football, offensive line, studs. Quarterback, studs. Running back, studs. Wide receivers, got something to prove. There's more positives than any question marks heading into 2023. And that is, like Klanderman said earlier today, that is a sign of a healthy program. Looking good. The, the, the really, ev- I'm so impressed when a guy goes down and the, the, they bring in the second guy. I have been impressed over the years. There's a lot of great football players in this program, and they play hard and they know what they're doing out there. I'm just a little bit like, uh, you know, a a young group on both sides of the ball, wide receivers and D-backs. 
maybe they can learn together, you know, and practice going against each other. Maybe they can teach each other some stuff. It's just, it's, there will be some growing pains for sure. Let's take a break. Your number one song of the day after this.